ECOWAS maintained sanctions on Mali, Guinea and Burkina Faso and Mozambique's GDP advances by 4.2%. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. The Ugandan government plans to freeze new loans, hires and pay rise alongside halving spending on workshops and applying breaks on foreign travel for its officials in the new financial year as part of austerity measures to plug funding deficits and reverse rising debt servicing burden. The Finance Ministry Permanent Secretary Ramadan Gobi decreed that overseas trips will be bankrolled for only the heads and deputies of the three branches of government, that's the executive, parliament and judiciary and other officials travelling for critical security resource mobilization and case arbitration assignments. In this episode, the permanent secretary talks about what it means to run the biggest financial ICU in the world and why there will be a lot of focus on the capital markets going forward. We still have massive work to do. That is with respect to market depth, where we scored only 46%, as well as the capacity of local investors, where we scored a miserable 14%. From those two, that's a retake, for sure. The poor performance on these two may be attributed to lack of access to reliable and affordable capital, to the high cost and inefficiency of our infrastructure, especially electricity, uh, the transport cost, but also the low adoption to technology of doing things better. We are committed Number one, building the capital markets to offer longer-term debt and equity financing to SMEs, attracting venture capitalists who accept higher risks, don't require collateral and building capacity, and also building SME-focused stock exchange, given that SMEs don't meet the listing criteria for the conventional uh, security exchange. Our commitment, therefore, is on keeping the achievements in sight and consolidating them, but most importantly, embarking on further reforms to raise money for cleaner investments through attraction of investors who are climate finance oriented. We are also trying to study other initiatives such as diaspora bonds for investment by Ugandans who are in diaspora, We are also looking very seriously on the pension reforms to deepen the financial sector and also rationalizing our tax system so that it can be responsive to the needs of deepening our financial sector and developing our capital markets. For example, very recently, we gave a task to our team at the ministry to finalize quickly the analysis of our tax regime on equities, private equities, so that we can be able to provide incentive to the investors in this space. In particular, government has taken a positive stride in ensuring that access and use of financial services is effective in order to promote investments. We have a number of things we are doing. Recently, our financial sector development strategy was revised to achieve a sound and integrated financial sector that supports sustainable and inclusive 
economic growth. He also talks about the importance of credible data sources and how this can impact policy decisions. You know, access to accurate data as well as information for us policymakers is still a major challenge in Africa. As a ministry that is in charge of planning and economic development, we welcome initiatives like this, especially when they come from private sector to support evidence-based policy development, as well as helping us to improve our means to learn from best practices across the continent to inform our own uh, decisions. The Africa Group Financial Markets Index will contribute tremendously to our policy and investment decisions for both the public and private sectors as we strive to further unlock the pivotal role of SMEs in stimulating economic growth, creating decent jobs, and we are ready to ensure that we mitigate at least on the impact of these crises, anticipate them, provide resilience so that we can be able to, first of all, recover the economy, but put it on a trajectory which can take us to another level. It is the condition in which I I find myself these days operating uh, one of the largest ICUs in the world. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The gross domestic product of Mozambique advanced by 4.24% year-on-year in the fourth quarter of 2022, up from a 3.6% rise in the previous three-month period. The expansion reflects the recovery of the sectors most hindered by COVID-19, Following the easing of restrictive measures at home and abroad, notably hotels and catering, the mining industry and transport and communications. Other positive contributions came from agriculture, internal trade, real estate and business services and financial services. Conversely, output declined in manufacturing and construction, fisheries and health and social assistance. Considering the whole year of 2022, the Mozambican economy rose by 4.15% over a year ago, the strongest growth rate since 2015. West African leaders have maintained sanctions imposed on three military-ruled countries in the volatile Sahel region and dented hopes of a return to the regional bloc. Junta-led Mali, Guinea and Burkina Faso are suspended from the economic community of West African states ECOWAS after undergoing a military coup since 2020. ECOWAS leaders met on the sidelines of the African Union Summit in Addis Ababa to review the sanctions and discuss the progress in restoring civilian rule in the three countries. ECOWAS has also decided to impose travel bans on government officials and senior leaders in those countries. Fearing contagion in a region notorious for military takeovers, ECOWAS imposed tough trade and economic sanctions against Mali, but lesser punishments against Guinea and Burkina Faso. The sanctions have badly hit poor and landlocked Mali, whose economy is already under severe strain from a decade-long jihadist insurgency. The three countries agreed in February to work together to push for the lifting of their suspensions from ECOWAS as well as the African Union. The interest rate on Kenyan debt grew by 36% as of December 31st, 2022, further worsening the country's debt service vulnerability. According to the latest medium-term debt management strategy by the National Treasury, the total interest payments as a percentage of GDP 
was at 5.3% comprising 3.9% for domestic and 1.4% for external debt. Interest payment for the domestic debt remained high, almost tripled the level paid on external debt, even though their respective stocks are the same. The majority of domestic debt is highest in 2023, majorly due to maturing short-term government securities. The repayment structure is relatively smooth except for spikes in 2023-2024 and 2028 due to the maturities of international sovereign bonds. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial and you can find me at with a dog.